NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. It's season number two in 2022 for Pit Pass Indy as we speed ahead into the new year of IndyCar action. Today's episode features two drivers reporting for duty for another deployment with the American Legion. It's Jimmy Johnson and Tony Kanaan of Chip Ganassi Racing. Back for a second season in the NTT IndyCar Series, is Johnson, a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion who won 83 races in a career that began in 2002 and ended in 2020. Last season, Johnson drove the number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda on the street and road courses on the IndyCar schedule and showed steady progress over the final half of the season. By the time the season was over, Johnson's Honda was racing and passing some of the top drivers in the series at such places as WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca and the streets of Long Beach in California. In 2022, Johnson is reporting for a full deployment of action as he will compete in the entire 17-race NTT IndyCar Series schedule, including the Ovals. That means Johnson will add his name to the incredible list of the world's greatest drivers that have competed in the Indianapolis 500 when Johnson participates in the 106th Indianapolis 500 on May 29th. Johnson will run a full season with Carvana as the primary sponsor and the American Legion as the major associate sponsor. The Legion will be the full sponsor on Johnson's Honda in one of the two doubleheader races at Iowa Speedway in July. While the 46-year-old Johnson will be a rookie in the 106th Indianapolis 500, one of his teammates will be competing in his 21st Indy 500. It's 47-year-old Tony Kanaan who officially announced on Monday, January 17, that he will be returning to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in a Honda sponsored by the American Legion. Kanaan is one of the most popular drivers in Indianapolis 500 history because of his fierce and tenacious racing style that has made him a fan favorite. After so many years of coming close to his first Indy 500 win, Kanan finally broke through to victory lane in 2013 when he was racing for KV Racing Technology. So far, the Indy 500 will be the only race on Kanan's IndyCar schedule in 2022, but he will be competing in stock car races in Brazil and the SRX series in the United States later this summer. First off, let's catch up with Jimmy Johnson, one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history who made a dramatic career switch by joining IndyCar in 2021. 
I caught up with Johnson at the JW Marriott Hotel in Indianapolis during IndyCar's content days this past Tuesday. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion and second-year IndyCar Series driver, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, to borrow a phrase from the military, I guess last year you were in reserve service. This year you're ready for a full deployment of IndyCar action. You're going to run the entire schedule. How excited are you for that? I'm really excited. I had just an amazing experience in 2021 I'm getting to know the cars, the tracks, you know, the industry, and uh, truly just had an amazing experience and time and uh, ready for a, a full go at it. And I think the ovals are going to be a nice bump up in performance for me on top of just my evolution as, a, as an IndyCar driver. The fact that you ended last season with definitive improvement from each race, how excited are you, how confident are you that you were picking up a lot of the intricacies of this type of sport, and now that you're going to get to run on the ovals to the schedule, be able to do even more? Yeah, I I think literally every minute I spend in the car with how little experience I have, I'm just going to get better. Um, I do feel like the oval discipline, you know, is clearly much more similar to what I've spent a lifetime doing in racing in NASCAR. Um, so I feel like straight away my performance should be more competitive. I should be, you know, closer to the front of the field. Um, and I also think, too, that the the long corners that you have on an oval will help me kind of calibrate um, some finer senses to deal with G-forces and to understand kind of the, the capabilities of the car. I um, mean, these cars have so much more grip, so much more aerodynamic um, benefit that comes with it and learning to trust that's been part of my evolution over the course of 21. And I think, you know, going to Texas, going to Gateway, even going to Iowa, these small little tracks um, where you're ripping through the corners is just going to help me uh, across the spectrum. I was talking to Alex Pelot yesterday, the 2021 NTT IndyCar Series champion. He said you may even be able to bring to the team a few things that he doesn't know about oval racing. Yeah, I'm interested to see if I if I can help. Um, I already know that co- my conversations around car setup are in a in a different place than they were with the road course experience uh, that I had in 21. Um, I do know that at Texas, you know, it was a, a traditional test session, and within uh, a couple sets of tires, uh, we moved into adjustments that we make on the car. And to my surprise, I was. Feel, you know, we were making same adjustments we did in the NASCAR side and applying those to the IndyCar and they behave the same way in the turn. So that, that gave me a lot of hope that uh, the worlds on, you know, the, the ovals are much more closer between the two worlds. Last year, you shared the number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda with Tony Kanaan, which meant you never raced with each other. Now at the Indianapolis 500 in May, he's going to be back in the American Legion car, you're going to be in the Carvana car. You're actually going to get the race against Tony Kanaan. So in a way, is that kind of cool? It's really cool. I mean, I've been friends with Tony for so many years. And then to start this idea together um, in 2020 and figure out how to, to split the car. Um, you know, at that point in time, I, I did not want to run the ovals. And then, you know, I worked my way into becoming more comfortable with it. And honestly, I, I haven't had um, any greater support than I have from Tony. Tony's been in my corner on this, has highly encouraged me to pursue it. And in the end, it's cost him a couple races for the 2022 season, but um, he's just been a, a tremendous ally, you know, tremendous friend, teammate, and um, has really supported me in this, you know, this step forward into running the full series. How 
cognizant were you of being able to run the full schedule while also maybe making sure that TK's deal remained intact also that he was able to to compete at least in the Indy 500? Because like you said, it did cost him a few of the oval races by deciding you deciding to go full time. Yeah, it was, you know, a long process and a lot of very important steps needed to, to take place. But in the beginning, I was really just looking at running the 500. And the thought process was, if you're on the 500, why don't you run Texas to get more fast oval experience that will help for a better Indy race, uh, Indy 500. And then at that point, I'm like, well, there's just a couple more left. I mean, so I'll just run them all and and uh, go for the the full schedule. And of course, Carvana wanted to support this uh, this step up to full time. And, uh, you know, everything eventually found its way in, into order. Now, the popular thinking is that you had to get your wife and your uh, family to sign off on letting you go ahead and run the Indianapolis 500. A, is that true? And B, how did you talk them into it? <laughs> there, there's a little truth in that. And I, I think I've had a little bit too much fun at my wife's expense over the years um, in, in talking about this. But ultimately, you know, she puts all of her trust in, in me. Um, you know, and, and a lot of this has been really through my doing. And, and I think once the, the arrow screen went on the cars, my, my perception of IndyCar safety went through the ceiling and, you know, spending a year in the cars, um, watching crashes. I was at the 500, obviously, and talked to some of my friends that had big hits <clears throat> and, and just got a better sense of where it's all at. So as I became comfortable, she naturally was comfortable and, uh, you know, the whole family's super excited for the, the full season. You told me last fall that you're never going to really know what the safety impact advances are until you have a big hit. That's kind of something you hope you never have, but how do you discover what that's going to be like without ever having that experience? Uh, talking to friends, I mean, Alex had a big crash uh, leading into the 500 and uh, talked to him about that. I, I had a pretty good one at Nashville, leaving the bridge, heading out of town, you know, 180 something miles an hour and and uh, was impressed just how, how well the car performed in that in that moment. So um, I have a you know couple small kind of data points of, of reference and then just talking to friends. And, and honestly, you know, the IndyCar series has done such a nice job of providing data, showing me what the uh, aero screens rated for, the halo that's behind it. Um, you know, so there's been some good hard data to look at and then a few, you know, experiences that I've had on my own. The Nashville race last year, you went into it with high hopes and confidence that you could do, have a pretty good weekend and you didn't. Was that a uh, one where you were able to maybe do some self-reflection and say, all right, from this point forward, I really need to start showing some progress here. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was maybe, my confidence was just a bit ahead of where my uh, skills were at the time. I, I had a great test session prior to it. There, there was a good race that just happened. You know, there, there was a lot of progress coming forward and I got a little lazy with, with my technique and qualifying, uh, breaking technique and made a mistake. And then the, the big crash that I had in warm-up, um, you know, the car just bottomed out. There really wasn't much that I could do in that instant. So, uh, you know, the school of hard knocks has always been the best teacher for me. And, and I certainly learned there and moved on. None of this happens without the support of Carvana and the American Legion. And although this year, the American Legion is only going to be your full-time livery for one race at Iowa, you're still going to be actively involved with the Legion. So how will that change in terms of, you know, it's going to be Carvana 95% of the season, American Legion on the car. 
the other 5%, but you're still actively engaged with the Legion. For sure. I had the the best experience getting to know everyone at the Legion, all the Legionnaires that came to the racetrack. And you know, from a personal standpoint, uh, the Jimmy Johnson Foundation is, uh, with my personal interest in what I saw, um, our foundation is actually going to make the American Legion one of its recipients. So uh, we are expanding our work from the Jimmy Johnson Foundation standpoint and including the American Legion, helping raise funds for them. I'm also going to carry their sticker on my helmets and all the different vehicles that I race throughout uh, throughout the course of the year. And uh, just really looking forward to raising more awareness for the great things that, uh, you know, great causes that they're out there representing and, and trying to help the men and women that have served our country. Were you surprised how many race fans are in the Legion? I was, and then I'm kind of surprised that I was surprised. You know, it, it just makes sense on so many levels. Um, and just an amazing group of people. And to, to see the Legionnaires come out to the races, um, if it was in a meet and greet that was organized at the truck, or if it was just a random uh, coincidence that I ran into someone, their pride for the racing program was off the charts. You made a comment last year that you would like to remain an IndyCar driver for as long as you can. So are you already maybe looking forward to 2023? and maybe talking to Chip about, you know, let's extend this. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think um, being ahead of things is key. Um, Chip knows my desires. Carvana knows my desires. Legion does. So everyone's in the know. I, I still just think it's it's early right now to, to get, you know, too far into planning for 23. But my intentions are to be back in 23, and hopefully I can put those pieces together. And your first chance at running the Indy 500, I mean, how cool is that going to be that Jimmy Johnson – a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion is going to be in the Indy 500. Yeah, I'm I'm beyond excited, and I I certainly, um, you know, I know that impact that you mentioned as a NASCAR driver. But what what I flashed through is being a, a, a young kid sitting on the couch with my dad and my grandfather watching the Indy 500, dreaming of being out there someday, and that's finally going to happen. Jimmy Johnson, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, and. IndyCar Series sophomore, I guess I have to say that, but you will still be a rookie at the Indy 500. Good luck this season, and uh, thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Appreciate it. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, 
Our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Next up is my interview with Tony Kanan from Monday in Indianapolis. Although this is believed to be Kanan's final attempt at the Indianapolis 500, the popular driver from Brazil told me, not so fast. He is keeping his options open to return to the Indy 500 next year and into the future. It's Tony Kanan. He's going to re-enlist with the American Legion and return to the Indianapolis 500 for the third time at your final Indy 500. <laughs> How does it feel to be able to go back in the battle with the American Legion in 2022 in what was a pretty successful effort last season? Yeah, I mean, Bruce, obviously, uh, you know, since 21, we've been associated with with the Legion. And uh, what, I've, what I've learned about the entity and what they do for the veterans. I mean, it, it's something that it's a way beyond just us racing the, the 500. But yeah, it was a, a really good combination. We had a very strong run. And like you said, every time you have a strong run like this, you convince yourself that you want to do one more. So, and that's what happened. We, we got together with with Chip and, and, and the, you know, the folks from the Legion and we decided to come back. And uh, I think it's... Uh, you know, the 500 has been my life. I think we're trying to send a message across the world, but also, you know, to help the, to help the veterans here in the United States with, the, you know, this really big issue, which is the mental health issues. So happy to be back. Um, I can't wait. Obviously, uh, you know, like I said, we're going for two, trying to win the 500. What is supposed to be your final Indy 500 is going to be the first Indy 500 for the driver that you shared the number 48 Honda with. It's, of course, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson. What's it going to be like to have him in that race with all of the unbelievable history that he's got in stock car racing? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, right? But also, it's a huge pleasure because if you think about it, um, we... We never really raced together. We shared a car last year, but when I was racing, he wasn't, and vice versa. So for the first time, having him as a rookie again, you know, he was a rookie last year. He thought, you know, he just announced at the end of the year he wasn't a rookie anymore. I said, uh-uh, you kind of forgot. You will be. So, you know, it's, it's awesome. I think, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun, Jimmy and I. I mean, thanks to, you know, Jimmy's idea, we worked that together and we— we created this two years ago. So uh, I'm glad to have him. I think it's going to be a, a huge deal for him to be part of the 500 and for IndyCar as well to have, you know, a seven-time NASCAR champion in the, in the field. Team owner Chip Ganassi gave you his word that you were going to get two Indy 500s with the team. So when there was the talk about Jimmy Johnson running in the Indy 500 in 2022, you didn't seem to be too worried. But what were some of the things that had to be resolved between then and now to, when you made the announcement today? Well, that was never a concern. I mean, Chip is a man of his word. And, uh, you know, when we signed a deal, it was a two-year deal. And uh, when the rumors started to come out, he actually grabbed me on the side and says, looking me in the face and said, I got you. That's all he said. And with that, I, I, I fully understood that, you know, what was going to happen. I mean, I think there's a lot of logistics. We definitely not 
going to run the 48 number. That's Jimmy's number. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit of a surprise for you guys in the near future. Livery, numbers, and everything else. But uh, yeah, and we're running a fifth car. So basically, we just had to expand. I think Ganassi has the the personnel and, and, and the means to, to do that. Obviously, uh, with, you know, two Insta teams and then a bunch of people that are staying in the shop, uh, you know, we have plenty of crew uh, to, to field a, a, a fifth car for me. So uh, that wasn't, uh, I think it was just a logistics uh, that we needed it to address. What is the magic that Tony Kanaan feels at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Because it's been a special place for you since the first time you showed up there in 2002 with Mo Nunn. I don't know, Bruce. I really, people have been asking me this question for years. I, I think it's it's one of those things. I mean, I think I was lucky enough that um, it's an awesome racetrack. It's one of the most, uh, you know, it's the most famous racetrack in the world and and. And it suits my style, really. I mean, we. I mean, I've, my love to Indy came when I was seven years old, watching races with my dad. And I think uh, I, I actually don't know how to answer that. It was twelve attempts before you won the Indianapolis 500 for the first time, despite the fact that there were many Indy 500s where you were the best driver in the field. It happened with KV Racing, and you lost Kevin Kalkoven over the off season. So, what are some of the things you remember about Kevin? Well, Kevin was very committed to, you know, to IndyCar. I think uh, if we all remember, I mean, you know, with the split, he obviously created it, the other series, and 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 he was really involved getting the, you know, for us to get back together. And he was passionate. He actually spent a lot of his own money in racing. He, uh, you know, on his team with me. I mean, uh, he was. A motorsport lover. I mean, he had he was very involved with an engine manufacturer. I mean, he was you know a guy that really loved motorsports, and uh, you know it was a big loss. Obviously, my team owner that we owned the 500 together. So uh, you know you were the one that broke the news to me that day, and uh, you know they had to send the bad news. But uh, yeah, he will be remembered for sure. Well, there were a lot of people we lost in 2021 that we'll remember. Of course, our old pal Robin Miller. But we're turning the page now to 2022. You're going to run the Indy 500. I'm not going to say it's your final time because I keep thinking you'll find a way to come back. But for now, it's your last ride at the Indy 500. Well, what are some of the emotions, though, that you're entering with this season, though, with uh, with the chance to drive a Chip Ganassi car at the Indy 500? I mean, you know, obviously, uh, the my, my role has changed over the years. I went from a full-time three years ago to part-time. And, and that's kind of more that's sunk in now. And... Uh, the 500 is the race that it matters to everybody, and, and that's the one that I'm getting the chance to do. So the emotions is always going to be high. This place is, I know every year that I participate, it's getting closer and closer for me not to participate anymore. But uh, this will be my 21st Indy 500. Um, so I, I really have, I, I can't complain, Bruce. It's, uh, you know, it has been a great ride. So the emotions are always going to be high, especially with with the entire you know month of may with with the atmosphere especially after covid you know having everybody back um you know and the stands i mean it's going to be obviously uh, extremely emotional and you proved last year in a chip ganassi racing honda with the american legion on board that you had a car that was as fast as anybody's out there on any given day so to be able to duplicate that in 2022, you have to feel pretty good that you're going to be up there slugging away for the victory. Oh, 100%. I think, obviously, uh, you know, 
being part of the 500 is one thing. Being part of being competitive and having a chance to win, it's a whole different game. And we did. We started in the second row. We got caught on that first yellow that actually kind of took a few guys out of contention of that race. But uh, Chip is a winner. He has a team. The Legion wants to win. And uh, we're going to, you know, obviously we have all the means and, and the equipment to do it. So it's going to be up to to us to do it. You were already the most popular driver at the Speedway, but now you have the entire American Legion cheering for you too. What's that been like getting to know these guys? I mean, these are guys that have some pretty interesting stories themselves. Uh, you know, I thought we were pretty, uh, you know, drivers are very, have, you know, a lot of, they're brave. They, they take risks and meeting the Legion and the veterans, you realize how um, we're brave, but these people are the hero, heroes. So uh, it's been great. I, I think the experience that I had, uh, the knowledge that I got, that is, I have a whole different appreciation for what those veterans did for us and fought for us. So uh, it made me even prouder to wear their colors and the flag. And actually, you know, I'm American myself. So uh, it's, uh, it's going to be good. Hopefully we'll, we'll take them to victory lane. The American Legion Memorial Day the Indianapolis 500, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it doesn't get much more American than that. No. You have to just feel, did you ever feel that sense of pride? Uh, not not, not this way. No, not at all. I think it became extremely obvious to me how more, actually, how bigger last year when I got more involved with them. So, uh, you know, I think since, since last year, Memorial Day weekend has a whole different meaning for me for sure. And finally, uh, just to, uh, to be able to have this chance to spend with the fans, hopefully we'll have full capacity at next year's Indianapolis 500. But that was very important to you, that your last Indy 500 was going to be for the fans. Yeah, I mean, when I did the, the my, you know, supposed to be the last one with no fans, I said, there is no way we, we need to redo this. And I think, uh, you know, this year, hopefully, like you said, it will be, full capacity and uh, if it's there is no point to race at the 500 if there is no fence and we had to do it once and hopefully we'll never need to do that again so in a way do you feel like you're re-enlisting with the american legion you're ready to go back into battle yeah, I'm, re I'm ready for battle so i asked them to recruit me again so uh, i kept myself in shape i kept myself sharp and we're going to go fight. He's ready to be deployed for one more battle. It's Tony Kanaan, driver of the American Legion Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing in the 106th Indianapolis 500. Good luck, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, man. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guests, American Legion drivers Jimmy Johnson and Tony Kanaan of Chip Ganassi Racing for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.